0: Hey everyone, this is Matt, and welcome to another Overflow pod. Let me tell you, raising kids every day is an adventure. You never know what is going to happen. My oldest just started driving as she finished up driver's ed. I remember telling her, you better score super high because unlike other things in school, you'll actually use what you learn. I remember my driver's ed test. I studied more for that than any other class in high school. So of course I aced it. I remember the summer I turned 18, I took a motorcycle driving class and tests so I could drive a motorcycle. It had changed the way I drove forever, whether a bike or a car. And that test dramatically impacted the driver I am today. You see, tests are important in a growing into the person God wants us to become. And in this pod, we're going to look at Daniel in the Old Testament and the first test among many that he had to pass. And that first test, he passed with flying colors where he refused to eat the king's food and obey God's law and not lose sight of his cultural upbringing as a child of God. And in this first test, he shows four character qualities. And these are so important to us because if you really want God's blessing on your life, you got to build these four character qualities in you. And If you want to be promoted in your life and you're, you're, and you're in a hostile situation where not everyone agrees with what you believe, what do you do? What can we see from Daniel's life in the story? Because that's really the situation that Daniel was in. So as we go over them, how would you rate yourself on these characters? How would you like to improve? So let's, let's look at those four character qualities. The first one is integrity. Daniel never forgot who he was. He said, you can change my address. I live in Babylon now, no longer in Jerusalem. You can change my clothing. You can change my name, but you're not going to change my heart. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. I'm not going to be conformed to Babylon values in this society. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So you have two choices in life. You'll either be conformed or you'll be transformed. If you're conformed to the world, you'll be like everybody else in the world. You look the same, smell the same, talk the same. You're conformed to the world or you're transformed by God. One of the best baseball pitchers today, his name's Clayton Kershaw. He's on the Dodgers. He won the Cy Young, which is the best pitcher three times. He won an MVP, as only one of 10 pitchers ever to do that because it usually goes to hitters. And what's interesting about this is even though he's a baseball player, even though he's a part of a locker room that is very anti-God, he prays to God before every game. And he said, the prayer I say before I go out there to pitch isn't God let me win today or God help me pitch good. It's God be with me. He said, because it's hard being in life without knowing you know, that God is there. So that's what he prays. He doesn't pray for an easy win or anything like that. He just prays that God's with him. With all the different people and different cultures and different religions you have in the world, you can kind of just become one in the crowd, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to stand up and I'll be bold in what I believe. Now, that's interesting because sports demand conformity. And so growing up, I loved watching the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles football team play. And I'm raised near Philly. I was raised to love them with all the sufferings and all the baggage that comes with it. But I was I brought up watching their defense crush people. We had, in my opinion, the greatest defensive lineman of all time, Reggie White. We had Jerome Brown, Seth Joyner, Allen, hard-hitting Andre Waters. It was an all-time defense. But what's interesting about it, It's not just the defense, but who they were as people. You see, Reggie was called the minister, the minister, not administrator, minister of defense, where he was actually a pastor and no one could cuss in front of him. While Jerome Brown had one of the dirtiest mouths in football, the coach was also, well, let's just say he was a little foul mouthed as well. He even put bounties on other teams and players. If you hit them hard, you get some extra cash. It was a crazy time, and I loved every minute of it. They were definitely different and wild, even for the 80s. But Reggie White stood up one day when he first got there, and he said, look, I'm not comfortable talking like this. I'm not comfortable talking like the coach. I'm a Christian, and we can all be different. Let's respect one another. I'm a follower of Jesus, and that means I live for him and not myself. So I watch what I say. I treat people differently because Jesus loves me, so I love other people, unless they're lined up on the other side of the ball, and then I'll kill them. Now, his best friend on the team was Jerome Brown, who was the exact opposite of Reggie in all ways, but they both respected each other and got along fabulously. The team was full of unique and absolutely crazy people who all got along with Reggie because he stood up and said, this is who I am. You don't have to be who I am. You be you, but we're one team. And it worked out really good until the owner refused to pay him. So he left via the very first ever free agent in football, went to the Green Bay Packers, and just a few years later, they won a Super Bowl instead of Philadelphia. See, as long as you're worried about conforming, looking the same, talking the same, acting the same, speaking the same, having everybody else like you, as long as you're worried about conforming, you're never going to be transformed into what God can have you to be. And you'll never know what his will is. But if you go, you know what? I don't really care what other people think. I want what's God's best for my life, and you're going to be transformed. And you know, and many times by standing up for what you believe, people may not like it. They may not agree with it, but usually they will honestly respect you more for it. Daniel reveals integrity. He doesn't forget who he is, who God made him to be. The second character quality is discipline. He controlled his ego and his appetite. The Bible says Daniel made up his mind not to eat the food and wine given to them by the king. And I'm sure it's like gourmet stuff, but Daniel shows tremendous discipline in spite of this great temptation. Think about it. You're Daniel. You're a teenager. You're 15. You're taken by force from your country. You never get to see your parents again. You have no supervision. You're 15 years old. The most powerful man in the country offers you all kinds of perks. Says you're going to be on my staff. And I'm going to give you power, prestige, and pleasure. And now you're going to get the best of everything. You're going to get all the perks of living in the palace. You're going to be pampered. pampered. You're going to be given preferential treatment. You're going to be given the best education. You're going to be given the best, most expensive gourmet food. Could you turn that down? You're 15 years old without your parents. Well, what were you like at 15? I can tell you what I was like at 15. I was also on my own. My parents got divorced. My mom went off to live with another guy. My dad lived in an apartment. I had my house to myself. And let me tell you, we called it the Love Shack. All my friends hung out. We threw wild parties. We blitzed the place. It was amazing. It was crazy. And I was in utter destruction mode. That's what happened to me when I was 15. Not like Daniel. And, you know, because what happens when kids are thrown into situations they're not familiar with? They, they conform to whatever's around them. They go to the lowest common denominator. We see this happen all the time in sports, where young kids are good at football or basketball or soccer or whatever, and all of a sudden they're pulled off the street and they're drafted by MLB, NBA, or NFL. And all of a sudden they're given this enormous salary. Well, what are they going to do with it? They're given all kinds of perks. Well, they're going to mess up. <laughs> and anything that they mess up is covered up by a publicist unless it gets really bad. They can't handle that kind of success. We see it happen all the time. Good kids ruined by too much success too early. What would you have done if you were Daniel? How messed up would you have gotten? I can already tell you from my life how messed up I would have gotten. But Daniel is incredibly disciplined as a 15-year-old. And he says to the most powerful man in the world, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to serve you because God put me here. I'm not here without his permission. So I'm going to serve you. You're a pagan king, but I'm not going to be indebted to you. I'm not going to be corrupted by you. I'm not going to be conformed by you. I'm not going to be seduced by you. You can give me all these kinds of perks, but I'll never forget that I'm not you. I'm not Babylonian. I'm Jewish. God made me to do this. And I'm not just going to cave in because you're giving me all these perks. Just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do it. Daniel had an amazing amount of maturity for a 15 year old kid. I know adults never learn that lesson, but just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should buy it. Think about it. We still have that problem as adults. Continuing with the sports illustrations, not all athletes conform. Some of them, even the wild ones, think about it with money. my favorite tight end of all time, Gronk. he just retired, but who knows if he'll stay retired? He'll probably just come back out of retirement. But did you know, during his NFL career, He didn't spend a dime of his contract money. He made over 80, $90 million, something like that. But he didn't spend a dime of it. You know what he used? He used his endorsement money. He made his first big purchase was like a gold chain for $6,000. And he always bragged about it. But he said it came from his endorsements. He wasn't allowed to spend a dime of his money. Because his mom would beat him up. <laughs> That's really why he didn't do it. He said His mom would say, you are not wasting this money. I don't care how much you make. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how long you're going to be injured. So don't be like everybody else and waste your money. And so he made it from day one to save all his money. So in as he's retired now, and he's probably like 30 years old. He retired. He has like $80 million in the bank. Well, it's probably in investments and stuff. But anyway, another athlete, Kirk Cousins, comes to mind. He signed a contract, fully guaranteed of $88 million. You would think he would spend money on it. You know what he did? He bought a car from his grandma for $5,000. Big old dented old Suburban. And that's what he drives around. Romans 6.13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. This is the decision Daniel made as a teenager. I want to be used by God, not by the world. I want to be used by God, not used by culture. I want to be transformed by God, not be conformed to the world. So Daniel had integrity. He also had discipline. How on discipline are you? trying to teach that to my kids. One takes it like a duck to water. Another fights it with every fiber of her being. And then another one's kind of in the middle. Which do you fall under? Third character quality that Daniel has is courage. The courage. He was willing to stand alone. It took a great amount of courage for Daniel to ask the most powerful man in the world to exempt him from eating his food. This can be an insult to the king. Sorry, king, your food's not good enough. I can't eat it. He's a conscientious objector. What made this even more difficult was he wasn't the only Jewish boy in the program. He had three friends who went along with him, but there were a lot of other Jewish young men who had been taken captive who saw no problem with eating the king's food. And I'm sure those people said, but everybody's doing it. We're no longer in Jerusalem. We're, we're, we're in Babylon now. It's over. You know, everybody's doing it. How many times you ever use that on your parents? Daniel goes, I don't care if the whole world does it. It's not right. I'm not going to do it. He stands with courage, willing to stand alone. He's willing to say the majority is often wrong. History has proven that the majority is wrong most of the time. And because the majority likes a particular value or passes a particular law, doesn't mean that that value or that law is right. What right is right, and it will always be right. No matter how many people say something is wrong, is right, doesn't make it right. Many times in the past, our country has been wrong. And they will continue to be wrong in the future on a lot of things. Only God decides what's truth is, not us. Only God decides what's right and wrong. It's not up to majority vote. So Daniel doesn't, says, I don't care if everyone's doing it. I'm not. That's the kind of courage that, the kind of thing that God blesses. Exodus 20, verse 23, 2 says, Do not follow the crowd of wrongdoing when you give testimony in a lawsuit. Do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. You ever in a conversation, you just let it go and you don't stand up for what you believe in because it's different? Or you don't stand up for someone who gets picked on because they're not popular? You ever stand up for what's right? Continuing some with uh, some more athletic examples here. You ever heard of AC Green? One of the most intriguing sports stories ever is the 1980s Showtime Lakers. There's even a TV show called Winning Time on HBO that highlights the debauchery and insanity of the 80s team of Lakers culture of a decade of decadence, all kinds of Magic Johnson escapades. And now here you put AC Green into that Lakers team. And he was definitely unique, he was a Christian. He was withdrawn, if you will, and he refused all the decadence. He refused to party and to hang out with the team. And usually that would fracture the team, but it didn't. He stuck with it. He became a great teammate. He played 1,192 straight games, never taken a day off his entire career. A record. But he also has another record that during his NBA career, he had never slept with a woman. It wasn't easy. During his playing days, his teammates would frequently send women to his hotel door to compromise his morals. Green would respond calmly, quoting them scripture without opening the hotel room door. They even had bets on how long he would last. And after a few years, they all gave up and started to respect him for his courage to stand up for what he believed was the right thing to do, even at the cost of everyone on the team hating him. But they didn't hate him. They ended up loving him and respecting him for who he was as a person. He established the A.C. Green Youth Foundation in 89, which ran youth camps promoting abstinence until marriage. He got married at 38, a virgin, and he's still happily married while he talks to friends from from that Lakers team and from team from other NBA players around the league who told them, you know what, I made some really bad decisions and I'm paying for it right now. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. See, we need women and men of courage today in a culture that's turning wrong into right and darkness into light, sweet into bitter and all those things we looked at last week. Because not conforming is tough to do when everybody else around you isn't? Do you have the courage to step up? Fourth character quality is humility. He was tactful with authority. When he couldn't do what the authority or the king asked him to do, he said, I can't do this. It's against my values. It's morally wrong. It violates my conscience. But he's very tactful in the way he does it. He made his appeal to King Nebuchadnezzar through a variety of channels he didn't he, he knew that God had allowed this pagan leader who wasn't a godly man to become his boss you ever have a bad boss God allows him in your life and some of you are going to have bosses who ask you to do something dishonest or wrong or whatever and you got to know how to make an appeal look at how Daniel does it verse eight through 10. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused this official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned you this food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. The official is saying, look, if you don't eat this food, you're not going to be healthy. And... Daniel's going, no, 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 that's not the case. Notice Daniel tries to talk it out with the official. He doesn't make demands. He's not belligerent. He talks it over. And verse 11, it continues, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, hey, verse 12, test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. In other words, let's do a little test. So the official agreed, and he said, hey, if we look better than the rest of them in 10 days, what do you think? Can we do it? Verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nursed than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine, and they were given that they were given to drink, and gave them vegetables instead. I never knew any 15-year-old that actually chose vegetables, but they did. Daniel passed this, passed this first test with flying colors. Even though he never gives up on his integrity, he never compromises his conviction, he still soars. And this is the first promotion that we're going to see Daniel get. We're going to see five of them in his lifetime, how he still thrives even in a pagan, ungodly, secular, anti-God culture. This is the first of his promotions. He's not just surviving, he's thriving. He's growing in influence. Now remember, after three years of training, he's still only 18 years of old. He's not even an adult yet. He's he's still a young man. But I want to stop before we go any further. (laughs) There's so much to talk about, Daniel. It's hard to find where to break up. But how are you on those four character qualities in your life? Integrity, you are who you say you are. Discipline, you're able to turn things down. Courage, you're able to do it in front of people that you're afraid of, of their response. Humility, you do it humbly, not arrogantly. So which do you need to focus on? Is it integrity? Is it discipline, courage, humility? I can tell you right now, I need more discipline, especially when it comes to eating the right foods. I wish I could eat more vegetables. Ah, I wish I could do that. Now, here's a final question for you. What do you do when someone is in authority and they ask you to do something that violates your conscience? Do you conform to the pressure? How do you respond? Well, we're going to answer that in the next pod. So you think about that this week, and we will look at that next week. And God bless. See you then.